0: Hi, I'm Andy Durazzo. This is continuing education workforce development podcast for administration of justice. With me today, I have Manny Santoyo. He is the department chair. And tell me about your department, Manny.
1: Andy, good morning. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, highlighting our, our great department that we have at XLA uh, at College. So let me just tell you a quick thing about myself. Uh, this is my 21st year at LA College. And we have a set of uh, instructors and, and programs to help facilitate students go from ELAC students to careers in public safety. So, what I'd like to share with the students is that we have four sections within the AJ department. Our biggest and most popular section, obviously, is the criminal law emphasis. That's the AJ certificates, the AJ degree. In which we've had hundreds of officers, I mean, hundreds of students that have come through our program and our success stories. They're out there patrolling the streets of LA. Most most of them are LAPD officers, quite a few LA County Sheriff deputies, a few officers in Orange County, a few officers in San Diego. We even had one officer that was hired in Toronto, Canada. That's our biggest, our biggest hook is the uh, law our criminal law emphasis. Students who are still attracted to criminal law, are still attracted to putting on a badge and serving their community, especially in the community that, that they grew up on. So that's the biggest part. From there, we can branch out into forensic science. All these TV shows, Andy, that that highlight forensic science, like CI, C, CSI something, we should have CSI ELAC. And uh-huh. that's what we have. But we have a branch of forensic science. There's a lot of students that wanna get involved in, in public safety and in law enforcement, but for whatever reason, don't want to put on the badge and the gun. And that's a very serious decision to make. So for some students, they want to work behind the scenes. They want to help detectives at crime scenes. They want to help us uh, locate uh, and process blood and hopefully have DNA that can connect a suspect to a crime scene. We have people that want to do fingerprints. We have people that just want to be, just be the background of of a criminal investigation. So for those students, we have a forensic science degree program that was just, um, I think in February, was just approved. It's gone through so many channels. We've been working on this, Andy, for years, and it's finally been approved, where students will be able to get an A.J. degree in forensic science. Now, there are two um, we have two lead instructors for for um, forensic science, Andy, and I, I'd like you to have them on one day, and they could speak much better on, on the classes of program <clears throat> than I would. But that is Dr. Dr. Janice Kavanaugh. She started our, our forensic program about 15 years ago, and uh, she's got a wealth of information. She's worked on serial killer cases. She's, she's amazing. She retired. We've brought her back on to run the degree program because it's her degree program. She started it, and she's going to be the, the coordinator of the degree, the forensic degree program. And then we have uh, Professor Christina Fish, who is a criminalist with the Pasadena Police Department. So she's our full-time lead forensic instructor. We have two other ladies. Uh, one, Miss uh, Professor Tenorio, works for the Beverly Hills Police Department, and Professor Tofoya with the Alley County Sheriff's Department. So if we have four fantastic ladies running our forensic program, but I'd like you to have them on, on a, a different day and they can tell you much more than, than I can. Then we also have our fire tech program. Our fire tech program is run by uh, Captain Jason Losea, who's a captain and I think about to be promoted to Italian chief at the Long Beach Police, uh, Long Beach Fire Department. He runs the program and a uh, fantastic program we have in, in firefighting. Firefighting is incredible. He's got one class. I think it's the wildlife, wildlife something. He, he would speak better about this, Sandy, than I would. But with that one certificate, it's just one class. Students are e- eligible to go fight forest fires, just with one class. And he, he runs that program. Then we have an assortment of other fire tech uh, classes that will enable the student to understand the demands and, uh, and the requirements to be a, a firefighter, whether it's for the city of L.A., the county of LA or Orange County or municipal cities around around Southern California, Captain Hosea can can help through that, and he also has one other adjunct professor to help him. And then the last branch that we have is our EMT program. Now we, we strongly recommend the EMT program for those that want to be firefighters because I don't think you can I don't think you can be an effective firefighter without being a paramedic nowadays. I think you need to have those skill sets, both skill sets. To be eligible to be to be a, a qualified candidate to be considered to be a firefighter and uh, it's a very demanding program Dr. Cheryl Pittman runs our EMT program um, it's a kind of a program that that's what you got to take and, and take that semester it's a very demanding semester she could speak to, to it much better uh, and so could uh, Captain Hosea so Andy those are our four branches that we have within our department and um, You know, we've gone from teaching in bungalows 20 some years ago to the teaching in these and some other modified bungalows that are much nicer now. We have a building that's slated to be uh, constructed and finished within a couple of years, or maybe three years, but we're gonna have our own public safety building that we're gonna share with uh, health and sciences and other departments. But we're finally gonna have, uh, you know, one of these nice three story buildings that everybody has on campus, Andy highlight highlighter department and um, and we're just very proud of our students so uh, we continuously have them come back and be guest speakers so one of our instructors who was a former student of ours that's uh, Angela Solarzano has a strong desire for students to enter the probation uh, department field and uh you know we hired one of our own we hired one of our one of our students and she's been teaching with us now going to guess 10 years now and uh, we have a strong group of instructors. and um, But most of us have been there 20 years plus, Andy. Take flies, And uh, some of us are going to think about retirement pretty soon. And so we need to have a branch of students to take our place. First, they have to go get their their um, their years in patrol or the years in firefighting. They, they need to be very well experienced before they ever think about becoming college professors but the time to think about it uh, is now and that uh, we have several several fantastic students that have graduated and are working the field that have gone on to get their bachelor's degree and, and some are working on their master's degree because they're following the advice. They know that we can't teach forever and there's gonna be some positions, not now, you know, probably five, 10 years down the line where many of us will start thinking about retiring and uh, being a college professor is, is uh, right up there with, uh, with my 27 years that I did with the LEPD. I mean, I, I was very blessed to be in the LAPD for 27 years and uh, to have retired. And along those same lines of being active with the LAPD, and I was also teaching, I think uh, 20 of those 27 years or so. I was also at an ELAC full-time professor and um, I just figured out how to do both careers. And now I let go of one career and now only doing this career. And uh, we just have a fantastic fantastic department and fantastic opportunities for those that are looking for a career where you don't need a four-year degree, to be honest. We can get students rolling with our many certificates that we have and get them uh, into an entry-level public service or public safety uh, career. And everybody's making to start off 60,000, I think, Andy, you know, it's dangerous field, as you know, a lot of controversy and not easy on on the body and not easy on, on many aspects, but if somebody's looking to make a, a difference in their, in their community, a difference in their family, like most of us that I know grew up in areas where, you know, we were not wealthy people. Part of me being a cop was to help my, my parents out. And, and help them, um, you know, in upward mobility, whether it's in housing or whether it was in finances. You know, sometimes as we get older, our generation has to help out our parents. And that's what some of us have done. And it's a, it's a great honor to be able to help your parents, help your community. And, and then, you know, if, if you decide that, you know, raising a family for yourself is what you're looking at, then it gives you great opportunities for your family and your children. So that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to help our students get a career ending. We're trying to help them uh, serve their community and, and make a honorable and honest living while doing it.
0: So other than uh, the financial aspects, are, are there other rewards? Is there... um Helping your community, what kind of rewards does that uh, bring in? Well, Andy,
1: um, you know, living in areas where our students live, in areas that I, I grew up in Pico Rivera. I, I went to Rio Hondo College. I went to Cereno's College. Most of my career I spent in South Central LA. Um, apart from the financial rewards, there's mm-hmm. a lot of crime that happens in our communities. Most people in our communities are just good, hardworking people. They're just trying to make it, Andy. They're just trying to survive living in South Central or Boyle Heights or East LA. And there's a segment of people that are taking that take advantage of them, whether it's violent crime or financial crime. And some of the things that I enjoyed the best, working the streets, were just helping people out, you know, helping them get out of the situation that they have either put themselves in or that or they have been victimized. And so interviewing people, helping people that look just like you and you actually do help them out and they appreciate it, you know, when you start, uh, especially somebody like me that I speak Spanish where they feel a little bit apprehensive in speaking with you or embarrassed because their English isn't so good and when you start talking to them in Spanish, it really makes a, uh, it, it puts a smile on their face and even though they might be going through a miserable time, you know, that they get, that they see somebody like themselves, um you know, it's just a, it's a nice feeling. I, I, I remember I've interviewed people and helped people that were from my dad's hometown and my mom's hometown, and when I tell them that I know what they're talking about, it makes a, it makes a big difference. uh You know, a lot of people talk about the bond that we have to build with the community. Well, that that bond starts with the officer. It doesn't really start with the with the victim, they're the ones that have been victimized, or they're the ones that that don't trust you. That bond needs to start with the officer. That relationship, setting up the report, so helping kids out out of um, out of the tough life that some that sometimes we are handed. You know, we're we're very we're very generous. At East LA College, we have um, our AJ Club, where in the club we are very charitable. I don't know if you know where the uh, Maravilla Housing Projects is, right next to the college. Every Thanksgiving, our students and our staff of instructors, we put together over 200 turkey dinners every Thanksgiving. Uh, Those are all, those turkeys and all the fixings that goes with the Thanksgiving dinner are all donated by our students. Uh, Even the college gives us a little money, I think. And uh, we provide a big frozen turkey and everything that goes with it. Our students show up the Wednesday before Thanksgiving with our staff and, and our kids. Some of us that have kids go in there and help out. And they pack up a big box. And then everybody who has a truck, we load them up on trucks. And we drive them over to Maravilla. And we have the coordinator there. We we give them, we unload the boxes and give it to them. We don't stick around and see the delivery because that's really later in the afternoon but that alone Andy is what we talk about giving back to the community teaching our students that yeah we want to educate them we want to have them get off in a career to make a difference but they also have to know that there's others that are less fortunate and in the streets working the streets you will find many people that are less fortunate than you and so we want to start them off right now at ELAC letting them know but it's their responsibility to give back to the community. Uh, we also are in partnership with the LA County uh, foster care system. There's lots of kids in foster care that come Christmas time, they don't have much. And so we, um, we put our funds together uh, either through our AJ uh, club fundraising and uh, we, give, we give a lot of gifts to kids that are in the foster care system. So when you ask me what else can we give other than, or what else do we get Other than the financial rewards for hard work is that we teach our students that they have to give back to the community, not only when they work the streets, but even, you know, planting that seed right now, Andy, right now at ELAC, that's what we're trying to do.
0: Okay. Uh, Other than um, police officer, um, and I know I'm going to be talking to someone else about the uh, forensics, can't spit out the word today, (laughs) a little early for me, I'm not usually up this early, (laughs) Uh, uh, what other jobs are available? Um, Can students transfer? Could your department lead to maybe even uh, law degrees instead of being on the street, maybe being in the courtroom?
1: Sure, Andy. Um, there are many jobs in law enforcement or public safety that don't require the student to walk the streets. So, for example, you mentioned a law degree. Well, we do have a law certificate, uh, which... Which can help students get into the door of a law office, for example, and work as a paralegal or, or just understanding what it takes to work in a in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, with an attorney. Now, that attorney could be practicing civil law, which is something that we don't really uh, teach. Well, not really, we don't teach civil law, we teach criminal law, but it could be with a criminal defense attorney. And so that student might be thinking of the other side of criminal justice, which is the defense side, you know, we have, we have two sides in our, in our criminal justice system. We have the prosecution side, but we also have the defense side. And we can't have a criminal just a criminal justice system without both sides. So that may be something that some students are interested in. However, you know, in all honesty, to be, uh, to be a, you know, a criminal defense attorney takes a lot more work. Uh, the, the certificate might get you an int- entry entry level job in a in a law firm, but the student would have to then complete their A.J. Um, degree or any other degree, to be honest with you, Andy, and then transfer to a four-year school, get their bachelor's degree in whatever subject, whether it's political science or criminal justice or or English uh, or philosophy, and then hopefully get accepted into law school. It's been another three or four years in law school, pass the bar. So that takes an incredible amount of work, Andy, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. And and it can start with our one certificate that we call the, let me look it up, I have it right here. It's the the AJ Law Emphasis Certificate. So in answering that question, Andy, uh, there are many other jobs that don't require the student to become a patrol officer. Another example I can give you, Andy, is the 911 dispatcher a fantastic job my sister is a 911 dispatcher with the LAPD the police officers don't go anywhere without the help of the 911 dispatcher they are truly our invisible partners that all we do is hear them on the radio fantastic job a lot of my students are a little bit afraid of that job they think it's too stressful for them and I tell them that it is not It is not as stressful to be in the streets, that's for sure. They're in a very modern building with room, uh, with climate control. Nobody's shooting at them. They don't get wet. They're not in the heat. They're not chasing people. They're not fighting with people. But they're such an important part of our organization, of any police, fire, medical response organization, that we need police dispatchers. They start them off about 50-some thousand a year. and so yeah, we have uh, a great need for for police dispatchers, uh, somewhat of a female dominated position, but not entirely. There are a lot of men that are in our field as, as dispatchers, just like one might say that a police officer job is a male dominated position. And if you were to look at the numbers, that would be true. But that doesn't mean that we don't have many, many females working in the ranks of, of police officers. So I really love to stress and promote the job of the um, of a police dispatcher. There's other civilian jobs where we uh, have some of our students apply for the custody, uh, a detention officer, which is helping to work at the jails. So there's no patrol time for that. You just process the people that have been arrested. Not a bad job. There's some. Um, minor um you know dangers with that dealing with people that have been arrested but you're not you're not in the streets there's also people that work as crime analysts that's the ones that look at our crime stats It's all computer work data entry work but but man do they really help me do they did they really help me when i was a detective when trying to look at crime patterns and trying to figure out where the criminal or criminals were going to strike next that's not just because we're smart cops or because we're at the right place at the right time, and sometimes we're just, we are, and sometimes we're just lucky. But a lot of that comes from from criminal intelligence that's supplied by the criminal uh, by the the uh, by the analysts. and So that's another great job that uh, that students can can help in law enforcement, and not carry a gun, not not ever work the streets. Uh, when you talk to Ms. Fish, uh, Mr. Professor Fish, or Dr. Cavanaugh. Ask them, Andy, about our incredible program and relationship we have with the coroner's office. Because not only do we do we uh, teach our students about the forensic field side of it, we also teach them about the forensic, forensic that is a hard word to say, Andy. <laughs> forensic uh, lab work. But we also have an incredible relationship with the coroner's office. Uh, we have a um, Oh, boy, Andy, what do you call it? An internship. We have Mm -hmm. an internship program with the LA County Coroner's Office, and we have our students plugged into the coroner's office, helping them prep the body for an autopsy, fingerprinting, all the things that goes on uh, in in an unfortunate autopsy that some of us, unfortunately, will have an autopsy. Most of us will not, thank God. Most of us will, will die of illness or, or, or old age we will not die our death will not require an autopsy but about 15 percent of us will and it is job one of the many jobs of the coroner's office is to establish the cause of death and there are some of our students are uh, they make me laugh because they're just fascinated by death and they want they want to uh, they want to be in a building full of dead people and that's great because they're like The coroner is somewhat of a, not somewhat, they are medical doctors, but they're somewhat detectives too. And so when I was a homicide detective, I'd be in in the autopsies with the doctor and we're trying to figure out what really killed the person or if there were multiple gunshots, which gunshot was fatal and which gun was not, which gunshot was not fatal. And uh, they do fantastic work and uh, we have, we have one or two students every semester at the coroner's office, and some of them are now gainfully employed with uh, with the coroner's office.
0: For some reason, I'm picturing those rookies standing in line on the intro to Quincy right now.
1: (laughs) I think you and I are the only ones that know what you're talking about. (laughs) Probably.
0: Quincy was, uh, for those listening, Quincy was an old television program based on a coroner, and the rookie officers all lost their lunch while he was showing them what was going on during an autopsy in the intro.
1: It is is an amazing experience to see an autopsy. And uh, now that you mentioned that about losing your lunch, every semester we take our students to a few autopsies. As part of our A.J. Club, I wouldn't call them to say field trips like, <laughs> uh, back in elementary school, but they're they're learning trips. And one of them is they're going to be autopsies. And uh, every semester we take 30 students. And uh, with our with our connections there, we are able to get them, for the lack of better words, Andy, into the cutting rooms. And um, we are able to view live autopsies going on from all different um, perspective, whether it's the beginning and the middle or the ending part of the autopsy, it is very very—it is very gruesome to see something like that. But for students that want to become detectives, especially with homicide, they got to know this is what you have to do. And uh, you have to be right there, right next to that body, right next to the, to the pathologist. And then for some students, they, they see that and they realize that maybe working a homicide detective is not for them. They may not have the stomach for it. But maybe they don't have the stomach for it now, but as you get older and you get a little bit more, unfortunately, detached from the emotions of a criminal investigation, because you have to, you have to be detached. You just have to, you cannot cry every time you investigate a murder, even though some of them are very emotional draining for a detective, and uh, because you deal with the family and you deal with the the grieving process with them. So sometimes it's it's not for the student, but it's better to know about it now, right, Andy?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Years and years, figuring out that you're trying to pursue something that maybe later on in life, you may not be cut out for it. So that's one of our learning trips that we take, uh, which I don't know anybody who can get their college into the coroner's office.
0: Um, Well, uh, unfortunately, Zoom limits me in my time. So we're running short on time right now. So I'd like to ask you one last thing. What, especially since we're such on a down note, I wanna kind of bring this up a little bit. Uh, What makes the degree or the certification from East Los Angeles College special and different from anywhere else?
1: Well, we're one of the largest, uh, you know, community colleges in the country. And we're one of the largest aging programs in the country. We don't have a police academy like Rio Hondo or Fullerton College. We're a straight academic program. And we have such an incredible reputation that we get recruited. Uh, every year we have a uh, law enforcement or public safety recruitment day where we get 50 or so agencies from all over the state and uh, and some from out, out of the state because they know of our reputation. And we get departments from Nevada, Arizona, and then within our own state of San Francisco and up and down the state. They just know of, of ELAC. They know of the uh, the quality of the student that we bring. And Texas, Texas loves to come, Dallas PD loves to come down here and recruit our students. So there are many other colleges that they could be going to and I'm sure they do. However, they are very impressed with our, our level of instruction and our level of students that we that we develop. And I think that when you say you're from ELAC you um, uh, and you're an ELAC AJ student, um, they know of ELAC. And, and I know you're short on time, but I'll give you one example. I had a personal problem not too long ago, where I had to call the cops. I had to call 911 in Long Beach. And Andy, the first two cops that showed up, they were ELAC students. One of them was an ELAC, one of my students. And I didn't recognize him because he had his face uh, cover on. But when he, he, he said, Santoya, what's up? And I looked at him, and I couldn't recognize him. And when he pulled his face mask down, I recognized him. He was my student about four years ago. And the second officer showed up. Was an ELAC student. He wasn't my instru- uh, student, but he was Wayne Posner, our, our my vice chair. So I called nine one one, and two ELAC students show up. I mean, if, if that's not a testament,
0: that's what, a great story.
1: And that that they showed up and and helped me with my personal problem.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you for your time. Uh, I'd like to ask. uh, Anybody listening, please, please come down, uh, check us out. Talk to Mr. Santoyo if you get a chance. Um, If not, at least just come and look at us. Uh, We've got a great program. We've got a great leader. And I will be talking to these other people about the other divisions within the department. And we will be back.